Good morning and a very warm welcome to St Anne's Egbeth and to our online Sunday service. Great that we can be together and we're thrilled that you're joining us. If it's your first time with us, a very warm welcome to you. It's great that you can be a part of our online growing community. And, uh, and do make yourself known to us. Uh, do comment, uh, say hi, and we'd love to get back to you. Again, if it's your first time with us, then go pop along to our website, www.stanesegbeth.com. And on there, you can find out who we are as a church. You can get a flavor for what we're about. You can listen to some of our, our sermons that have been uploaded over the past couple of years. So do have a look at that. There you can also subscribe to our weekly email newsletter that goes out. And that letter just gives you lots of insight into the life of the church and the things that are happening. And there are lots of things continuing to happen, even though it's difficult at the moment during this lockdown period, there are still lots of things that we can try and do as a church. One of the things is this online Sunday service. We also do a Wednesday midweek reflection, which is much shorter, and that goes out at 8 a.m. every Wednesday. Both these videos are available at any time throughout the week that fits in with your schedule. So do watch them and give us a like. We love it when you make your comments and we'd love to, to read those. So do continue to comment and share those videos with friends and family. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, again, do give us a like, subscribe to our YouTube channel and click that notification bell, which means that you'll get notified every time we upload a video. We also have our St. Anne Stars uh, sing-along on a Thursday that Liz leads. That's on Facebook live stream. So again, uh, pop along there and join in with that if you'd like to. We also have our Saturday night church pub quiz via Zoom. It's always great fun and, uh, and it'd be great to see more people getting involved. There is one family who seems to be winning every week, so we could do with someone to come along and knock them off that top spot. So uh, why not join us this week? Uh, for more information on how to get involved in that, uh, click our weekly newsletter subscription and all the details on the, are in there. Also, immediately following this service, there will be a coffee gathering via Zoom. Grab your best cup of coffee and come and join us uh, where we can have a chat and a natter about the service and about life in general. It is great to be together. It's great that lots of different people can play a part in our services and we love that when different people from our church family are able to play a part because it's lovely to see one another's faces and, uh, and to worship together and we'll be doing that later in the service today. Today though is a special Sunday. The past few weeks we've been looking at the letter to the Colossians, we finished that last Sunday and today is a special Sunday and Matt is going to be preaching a little bit later but I wonder do you know what this special Sunday is? Well I'm going to give you a couple of clues and let's see if you can work it out. Clue number one. Clue number two.
So we've got wind and we've got fire. And I guess you've already worked it out by now, but today we're looking at Pentecost. It's Pentecost Sunday, when we remember the Holy Spirit coming and resting on the disciples. And as the Bible reading that we'll hear in just a minute tells us, uh, we, we hear that sound of wind and the tongues of flames that rest upon those disciples' heads. And, uh, and Matt will be preaching to us all about that in just a bit. But before I hand over, I'm going to share with you a psalm and we're going to worship together after hearing this psalm. It's the Holy Spirit that comes into our hearts and as the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts and fills us, then actually we become more alive in Christ. We become more aware of Christ working in us. And it's through his spirit that actually we're able to get to know more and more about the heart of God. And that's what worship is. It draws us into the heart of God. So let's read this Psalm together. And then I'm gonna hand over to Tim and Liz to lead us in our morning worship. Psalm 113 says these words. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised, both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes, with the princes of their people. He settles the barren women in her home as a happy mother of children. Praise the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, as those words ring in our ears, help us, Lord, this morning to praise you. Lord, help us to be drawn closer to you through our sung worship, through the Bible reading and through Matt's word. Lord, may we be attentive. May we be listening for that still small voice and may your Holy Spirit stir in our hearts afresh today. So draw near to us now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. Consuming fire, fire. 
Thanks, Tim and Liz, for leading us in our worship this morning. I love being part of a church family. It's just a brilliant thing. And, uh, and it just means that we get to know lots of different people. And we have this connection, as I spoke about last week, uh, about being united in Christ. And it's the Holy Spirit that does that. God's Spirit working in our lives 
that enables us uh, to be drawn closer to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's also great being part of a church family that actually there's lots of people uh, that, that play their part as the body of Christ. Young and old, it doesn't matter. And one of the amazing things about our online services is that we've had lots of different people who are willing and wanting to be a part and to play their part in putting together the Sunday service. And I'm going to hand over to Cara now, who's going to lead us in our morning Bible reading, and then Matt will be preaching immediately after that. Thank you, Cara. A reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 16, and verses 36 to 41. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and, came, and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one had heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya, Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. After telling the crowd about Jesus, Peter finishes his speech by saying, Therefore, let all of Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were caught to the heart, to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children, and for all who are far off, for all who the Lord God will call. With many other words he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone, and thank you to Cara for reading our reading this morning. 
I've got another family-friendly quiz to begin this talk. It's a game of who lives in a house like this. It might be a person or it might be an animal. I've got some easy ones and some really easy ones. Are you ready? Now, what will happen is I'll describe the house, then I'll show you a picture and you need to guess who lives in that house. Okay, so here's the first house. Now, the first house is a really big house. It's got lots of railings around it. In fact, there are some people standing guard outside. And these guards have red uniforms and very tall black helmets. Can you guess the house? It's Buckingham Palace. Okay, so who lives in this house? Who lives in Buckingham Palace? Yep, that's right, it's the Queen. Okay, number two. So the second house is very small. It's in a tree, it's made of little branches, and it doesn't have a roof. What is it? Yeah, it's a nest. And who lives in a nest? Okay, birds, and in particular, chicks, just after they've hatched from their eggs. Okay, the third one. The third house is a terraced house. It's got a black door. There's a policeman standing outside and the door has a number 10 on it. Can you guess? Yeah, it's 10 Downing Street. And who lives in 10 Downing Street? It's the Prime Minister, or at least it's usually the Prime Minister, but I think he actually lives in number 11 because there's a bigger flat above that one. Anyway, okay, here's the fourth one. So the fourth house has glass walls. It's quite warm. There are some plants inside and it's full of water. Can you guess what it is? It's an aquarium. Okay, and who lives in an aquarium? Fish and other animals like that. Great. Okay, so how did you do? Hopefully you got four out of four. So that's uh, some houses. You see, a house tells us a lot about the person or indeed the animal who lives there. Are they important like the queen? Well, their house is going to be big. Location is important as well for a house, isn't it? 10 Downing Street is very near to the Houses of Parliament, just up the street a bit. A bird's nest, well, it's up a tree, easy to fly away from. And the design, that's also important. Does a house have railings to protect the person? Or maybe it sits on stilts to stop the person getting wet. And its function is really important. You see, can it keep water in for fish to stay wet and to stay alive? Or maybe if the house is on the coast near rocks, does it have a tall tower for the lighthouse keeper to climb up and to shine their bright light from? You see, the buildings we live in are really important. And did you know that in the Old Testament, God had a house? Now, God didn't need to because he's God, but God chose to live among his people and he chose to meet with them in a special house. Now, the first house that God had was actually a tent and it was called the tabernacle or the tent of meeting. And God told Moses to build it while the people moved about in the wilderness. And that's why it was a tent. It could move as the people moved. And that's where the Ark of the Covenant lived and that's where God met with Moses. And I want to read for you what happened after Moses had finished building this tent for God. 
Exodus chapter 40 verses 34 to 38 says this. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they would not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day and fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the Israelites during their travels. You see, with God's first house, there was a cloud covering it during the day. And at night time, there was fire, cloud and fire. And that's how the people knew that God was in his house. The cloud and the fire showed that God was present. That was the first house. But there was a second one. And God's second house was a stone building called the temple. See, once the people were settled in the promised land, well, they didn't need a tent anymore. And that's why the second one was big and made of stone. So King David's son, King Solomon, he built it and it was a permanent place for the people to meet with God. And again, I want to read for you what happened after the temple was finished being built by Solomon. And I'll read from 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 10 to 14. It says that when the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord. And the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he would dwell in the dark cloud. I have indeed built a magnificent temple for you, a place for you to dwell forever. While the whole assembly of Israel was standing there, the king turned round and blessed them. Now, did you notice something amazing happened with God's second house too? When he moved from the tabernacle into the temple, God's glory filled it. God's glory filled it like a cloud. And the people knew that God had chosen to move into this new house. They saw this cloud and they knew God was there and they all saw it. God had moved into his new house. So what does all this talk of houses have to do with Pentecost? Well, at Pentecost, God was moving house again. See, he first lived in the tent while the Israelites moved around. Then he lived in a big stone building once the Israelites had settled in the promised land. But now God was about to expand his kingdom all across the world. So where was God going to meet with his people? What about the people who lived really far from Jerusalem? Would temples have to be built in every country? Well, God had a better plan. Our reading this morning, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, it said that when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you notice those two things again? Did you notice the wind? 
I know it's not quite the same as cloud, but if it had been, it would have just been moving fast back and forward, wouldn't it? The wind moving between them. And did you notice the fire? God was showing that he was present again. With this wind and with this fire, God was at work. God was moving. And did you see what the fire did? It came to rest on each of the Christians. God was moving house again. And God didn't just want to live beside his people, but God wanted to live in his people. You see, this is the amazing thing that happened since Pentecost. God wants to be closer to you than your closest friend or relative. God wants to live inside you. Isn't that amazing? You see, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. He says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? You see, if you're a Christian, God's spirit lives in you. You don't need to visit a special building to have a relationship with God. If you're a Christian, God's spirit lives in you. And just as God showed he was really there when he first moved into the tabernacle with that fire and that cloud, and he was really there when he moved into that second temple with the cloud. Well, so now he was showing that he was also really there when he first moved into Christians with the fire and with the wind moving around. God really did move house. You see, we can't meet God in a temple anymore. But God is now living within Christians by his Holy Spirit. So we don't need to go on pilgrimages, faraway lands to faraway buildings to meet with God. We don't need to build big buildings to meet with God. In fact, we don't even need to go to church to meet with God. God doesn't live there. If you trust in Jesus, well, God lives inside of you by his Holy Spirit. See, that's the first amazing thing that we learn from Pentecost, we can have God living in us. But there's something else that happened on that Pentecost 2000 years ago. I'll read verse four again. It says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. See, the Holy Spirit did something miraculous when he came to live within these first Jewish Christians they started to speak other languages. And people from all across the world who were in Jerusalem for the festival, well, they heard this and they noticed this. Verse five from our reading says, now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And a few verses later, these people said, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. And amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? You see, the Holy Spirit gave those Christians the ability to speak in other languages and people noticed. But they weren't just saying random things in other languages. These people could hear them praising God in their own language, even though they come from far away, even though the people that they were listening to had never been to their own country, Somehow these people could speak their own language, could praise God in their own language. So these people were amazed and confused. What does it mean? They knew something important was happening. 
but they just didn't know what. So Peter stands up and explains to the crowd what it all means. Now our reading earlier left out most of it. We just heard the end. And the end in verse 36, well, it sums up everything Peter has said beforehand. Verse 36 says this, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. You see, Peter spends almost all his time talking about Jesus. He talks about Jesus' death. He talks about Jesus' resurrection. He explains that Jesus is a promised Messiah, that Jesus has ascended into heaven to be with God the Father, and that Jesus is the one who has just sent the promised Holy Spirit. But why, after the Holy Spirit came and just did all these miraculous things, why on earth did Peter spend almost all his time speaking about Jesus and not the Holy Spirit? Well, it's because Peter knew that unless people came to know about Jesus, unless they come to trust in Jesus and repent, well, unless they do that, they'll never receive the Holy Spirit or become part of God's church. It's because of Jesus and his death, his resurrection and his ascension that the Holy Spirit has been poured out. And unless people repent and have their sins forgiven, they'll never receive God's Holy Spirit. People need to get to know Jesus. And it's the same then as it is today. We need to get to know Jesus. You see, Pentecost is the birthday of the church. It's the day the church received the Holy Spirit. And it's the day the church grew greatly in size. Did you spot what happened after people explained to people that they needed to get to know Jesus? Well, many people became Christians and were baptized that day. Not just a few, 3,000. You see, 3,000 people heard the first Christians praising God in their own language. And these 3,000 people listened to Peter talking about Jesus and the need to repent. And these 3,000 people put their trust in Jesus and God's church grew. You see, if you're, a Christ, if you're not a Christian yet, have you heard about Jesus? He's the saviour of the world. He came to die for you. He loves you very much. He rose to life again and is now ruling with God the Father in heaven. And he wants you to put your trust in him and to live for him. He wants you to turn away from living without him. And he wants to come and live with you by his Holy Spirit. So are you ready to accept him? Now, if you're not ready, why don't you think a bit more about who Jesus is? You could come along to our next What If course that Ian mentioned earlier in this service. During it, we'll tell you more about Jesus and you can ask any questions you want. And many people have found it really helpful. And if you do already trust in Jesus, we'll be encouraged that he lives with you by his Holy Spirit. He is near to you and he wants to use you to grow his kingdom so that many more people can come to know him and trust him and be filled with his Holy Spirit. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this first Pentecost when you came powerfully on your people by your Holy Spirit, that you moved house into them. 
Father, we thank you that you now dwell in your people by your spirit, that you are closer to us than anyone else. And Father, we thank you as well that you want us now to tell other people about your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you so much that when people find out about Jesus, when they put their trust in him and who he is, when they turn from the wrong ways in which we live and we turn to live for you, Well, Father, when that happens, we thank you so much that we join your church, that we're forgiven, and that you put your Holy Spirit in us. So, Father, we thank you for these wonderful things. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to grow your church. We pray especially, Father, for anyone who is thinking of coming along to the What If course when we start it online in a week and a bit. Father, we pray that people would come. And if there's anyone listening now who's unsure, that you would nudge them along, that nothing scary will happen, but it will be a great time of getting their questions answered. So Father, please would you work mightily. Please would you continue to work by your Holy Spirit in the lives of each of us who already trust you. And we pray that in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. Dear God, thank you for the sunshine. Dear God, won't you do the pulley bureau that better? Dear God, thank you for all the good weather we've had and that we've been able to go out on bike rides. Amen. All, all for the colour. Dear God, thank you for the colour. Yeah, colourful flowers, aren't they? Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the blessings you send us. Help us to recognise them as sent from you and give you the thanks and glory. Oh, Lord, my dog wants to say something. Your dog can talk later. Lord, I want to pray that in our busy lives we would take time aside to spend with you and allow the Holy Spirit to restore us, teach us and renew us with God's strength. And if our lives have become quieter and less busy than normal, let us not waste valuable God-given time to read your words, to spend time listening to you and asking for a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, we pray for the situation in Minneapolis and across America as people seek justice and equality. We pray that your spirit will move and give healing, peace and reconciliation and a softening of hearts. We pray also for countries around the world who've been hit particularly hard by the virus and we also still remember to pray for all these issues and situations and the suffering that's going on and we pray that it doesn't get forgotten about during this time of the pandemic. We ask all these prayers through the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Paul and Rachel and the family for leading us in our prayers this morning. Thank you to Kara for bringing us our Bible reading Thank you to Tim and Liz who led us in our Sunday worship and to Matt for bringing us God's word this morning. Do join us immediately afterwards uh, for coffee and the uh, information as to how to do that will appear on the slide immediately following this service. If you are interested in the Christian faith, maybe you've been coming to St Anne's for a number of years and you've heard us talk about the What If course. You might even have been on our What If course. The What If course is actually what it says. For anyone asking those big questions, what if? What if God exists? What if Jesus did die for me? What if I read the Bible? What if I become a Christian? It's those kind of questions. If you're asking them, 
and our what if course is for you. There's so many people who've done that course and found it really helpful in their journey of faith over the past few years. Obviously things being what they are, we can't run the course in the normal way, which would be to hold it in the cricket club down the road, where we can meet together, have a meal together, and then share through the course materials. But we are still planning on putting on a what if course, albeit very differently via Zoom. We do think it will work really well and it opens the door to lots of people who perhaps can't make it to church anyway. So if that's you, and if you'd like to join us, the course is starting on the 11th of June, that's Thursday night, it's the 11th of June. It runs for five weeks. There'll be a short talk from Matt or myself, and then there'll be a time of Q&A, of questions and answers around that topic. Just a wonderful way to ask any of those questions that you might have around the Christian faith. We'd love it if you'd like to join us. It doesn't matter whether you've done the course before or not. Do get in touch, let Matt or myself know, and we'll book you on to that Zoom course and we'll hand out the details as to how you can actually register and get on in due course. In the meantime, let me say a final prayer. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for Pentecost, for all that it means. We give thanks for your Holy Spirit that dwells in our hearts, that stirs in our hearts, that enables us to grow more and more into the people that you are calling us to be. Father, would you come and fill us afresh this day, fill us to overflowing. Lord, may we be so aware of your presence working in us this day. And as we go into the week, Lord, would you bless us? Would you go before us? And may we continue to look for signs of you in all that we do. So may the Lord bless you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look kindly upon you and give you his peace and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you now and always. Amen. Thanks for joining with us, and I hope to see you on Wednesday or during our Zoom coffee. In the meantime, God bless. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord.
glory of your good. 